My name is Beverly Thompson. I'm a diversity and inclusion specialist, and you're listening to Race, Violence, and Medicine. Tell them where you're from, Beverly. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I live in Dallas, Texas. Nice. <laughs> Welcome to Race, Violence, and Medicine. I am Dr. Brian H. Williams, your host. And I was just having lunch with a friend of mine. We are sitting in a rather well-known Asian restaurant chain, just having lunch. And she just kind of dropped into the conversation that she's a diversity and inclusion expert and started educating me on some things that I, you know, I knew but the way she presented it to me, I thought was very effective. And I said, hey, Beverly, how about we share this with my audience? And she so graciously agreed to give us some of her time. So Beverly Thompson, thanks for joining us on Race, Violence, and Medicine. My pleasure. So Bev, first let's give a little of your, your background to how you became this diversity and inclusion expert. Where were you before doing this? Well, I'm ex executive assistant with, with the major companies and I found that there was such a, a gap between generations and also diversity is not just race. So went to Cornell University and received a certification in inclusion and diversity. So what does that certification entail? It trains you that people are different. They come from all backgrounds, ethnicities, and and cultures, and how to make that fit in a company to make it work. So I, you know, a lot of these companies they, that have been around for a long time, they're big. Cultures are in, difficult, if not impossible, to change. How do you work to really truly affect change when it comes to diversity and inclusion? Well, we find that we have a lot of baby boomers that are in office. They are the managers. They are the executives. And the millennials are coming into the workplace. And there's a gap because millennials are more technical. They, they get things done quickly, but they don't have a lot of conversation. So we're training the baby boomers to be able to respect the fact that they're in a different zone. And how do we work together to make the communication work? Okay, so I'm a Gen Gen Xer, so I guess I'm in between the baby boomers and the millennials. So you're focusing on bridging that gap between uh, baby boomers and millennials. And when you talk about diversity, it seems like you're talking about age diversity, uh, not necessarily race. That's correct. So tell us some more about that. Well, we find that the baby boomers, we're used to doing more things like paper and pen. I call it the Rolodex era. And like with your with your with your um, generation, you're kind of segueing into technology. So we find that there's a big gap between that as well. So we try to have scenarios where we work together, we get together, we communicate, we see where the breakdown and the barriers are, and we work to make, to fix that. Even in the executive assistant and the support staff roles, we have the Rolodex era, and we have the younger millennials coming in as executive assistants and office managers. So I teach the cake and the mix. Well, the company is the cake, and we are all the mix. So we identify, most women are in administration as far as executive and staff. So we teach about the cake and the mix, which the mix is the butter and the eggs and the, all of the ingredients that make up the cake. 
without that ingredient. Let's say without sugar, the cake is pretty much cornbread. So they get it because they see that all these ideas, ideas coming to the table makes it work, make the company work. We're always evolving, we're always changing, technology is changing. If we say we, we don't compete but we create, that means evolving every day to fit the culture and to fit where we are in society today. So I, I love that. It's a very simple example that anyone can follow. So when you put that into practice, what do you do? These small group sessions? This is a large uh, symposium. How does this actually uh, come into practice? Well, we start with the support staff. So let's say we start with the executive assistants. We want to trend from the top down. So we start with the president's assistants, teaching them about the cake and the mix. They go back to their departments and they teach the support staff, maybe the specialists or some of the other people who are beneath them how to make it work. So we put it into practice. And when we come back, we do like a survey monkey. Okay, what worked? What didn't work? How can we communicate more effectively in the future? And then we make those adjustments. So Now, the, the naysayer may say, like, that's not really working. How do you measure your effectiveness? How do you know? You say you do a survey monkey, but yes. is it based in rigorous scientific uh, methodology. Well, we find out that we're communicating more. You know, we're making, it has to be a conscious effort. So let's say that the one executive assistant is having problems with calendaring it, making sure that everything's effective. Well, we go in and show her, for, for example, how it works and how to work more efficiently. A lot of managers are double booking and booking a lot of appointments. How do you take that one meeting and get the most out of that meeting in one setting? And they train their executives how to actually meet and get the most out of meetings. So, so how does calendaring have to do with diversity and inclusion? Well, when you meet with people, okay, let's say the baby boomer is meeting with a millennial. And how do we take that time and make it work where the millennial's not bored with the meeting and the executive is not getting frustrated because they feel like they're not getting it. So it, it trickles down through the whole company. And another thing is we have a lot of people coming in from other countries and we have these uh, luncheons and meetings and we have all these food. So we need to know how to be more diverse in bringing in the cultural foods for just regular staff meetings. So the diversity is also in the culture, but it's also how are you feeding the employees when you have meetings. So. I, I think it's fascinating. We have this discussion about diversity, and it did not center on race. And so as, as an African-American woman, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel like we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do, but just exposing people to it is the start. Now, it has to evolve. It has to be a conscious effort on everybody's part to make it work. The mix works when you put all the ingredients, you make the cake. So in order to get the right cake, you have to put all the ingredients in. All right, now, so you made this cake. How do we ensure that everybody gets to have a piece of the cake that they helped make? When you take a bite of the cake, you know what's missing. So when you see your company evolving into all the ingredients added to it, then you know you're effective. You can see effectiveness in a company. Is it changing? Is it being more diverse? Are they allowing more people to be authentic and to bring their voice into the company? You know because you'll see it. 
And you also know when it's not there, how do you address that? That's what we most, that's what I, I, my personal experience, that you know when it's not there and you feel powerless to make any true systemic and sustainable change. What I say is whenever you allow your employees to be authentic and bring their personal self or, you know, bring their best to the table to be heard, they have to feel like they have a safe space. So making sure you have a safe space to be able to voice your, your opinion or to say whether or not that you are actually feeling valued, respected, and heard in the company. And we have to take that up to management. We have to take that up to the C-suite and let them actually hear the voice of the people, the everyday experts who are working in the, in the company that actually makes the company run. To be feeling valued, respected, and heard. And I will say lastly, get those folks into the C-suite as well, not just talking to the C-suite. Yes. That's how you're going to make change. That's right. A lot of people feel like when they look at the board and they look at the C-suite, they don't look like them. They don't talk like them. And they're from a whole different generation. But they don't feel comfortable. They feel like their job will be threatened if they speak up. We have to make it a safe place in every company for people to feel valued. And we are, when you feel valued and you come to work and you're high energy, I was taught that you have high energy and you have low energy. When you operate in low energy, your work is not as great as it could be. Miss Beverly Thompson, thank you very much. You are welcome. It's my pleasure. Right, Ms. Beverly Thompson, diversity and inclusion expert, just gave us a brief master class on how you can effect change in your company. It's about letting everyone bring their authentic self to the table. They can feel valued, respected, and heard. And that, my friends, is how you affect change. This is Race, Violence, and Medicine. I'm Dr. Brian H. Williams. I know you're listening to my show, but maybe your friend, fans, your family and friends are not. So please tell them about the show. You can get it anywhere you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, it is there. You can also go to my website, brianwilliamsmd.com. Listen to it there. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll always come to you. I do not spam, and I respect your privacy. But I want to keep you up to date about what's going on. And finally, I always want to make sure I'm not wasting your time. So if you have any suggestions, comments, critique, send them my way. And if you know any good guests to be on a show, direct them my way as well. Dr. Brian H. Williams, Ray Sponson Medicine, thank you for tuning in.